0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Riverfront. This is episode number 484 of the world's most dangerous podcast. I'm your host Chad Dotson. This is the show where we discuss the Cincinnati Reds and occasionally Chris Dickerson with me this week, your friend and mine, Chris Garber. How are you, Chris? I very much. It's it's, uh, it's been a while since uh since we've had you here.
1: I've been banned, but uh, <laughs> apparently, desperate times uh, call for desperate measures. So here I am.
0: Yeah, I don't know what Nate has going on, but I do know that it is his birthday today. So I'll reach well, well, well. out to Young Nate and.
1: Uh, Sixty-eight years young.
0: Yeah, you know he's. Uh, <laughs> it's they've been hard years, but uh, but he's he's doing okay. Um. So let's talk about uh, the week that was, I guess, a little bit. But first, I'm going to ask a question. Seriously, are you excited about the College World Series?
1: I could not be more excited. I if know, I, I knew, know. if I even knew, if I knew who the teams were that are in it, I might be more. I, I don't know if I'd be more excited or not.
0: Do you know? Can you name a single team that's in it? Just one. I team. can.
1: Stanford University, Leland Stanford Junior.
0: Uh, that's the wrong team, Chris. Oh,
1: well, I saw. I saw them get in. On that horribly uh, that fluky ball lost in the lights by the Texas uh, Longhorns.
0: Yeah, that seems like something happened to the Reds. Um, well, can, can you name a second team that's in the College World Series?
1: Mm, Bethune-Cookman.
0: bethune Cook. I'm not sure, actually. Come on. The University of Virginia Cavaliers, obviously. I was... You're not going to indulge but I'm not, I'm
1: not jumping on that.
0: No. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you a serious question right. and you may, you may think this is a dumb question and tell me if you think so, but uh, this is a serious question. When is the last time you had this much fun with the Cincinnati, watching the Cincinnati Reds? And, and you may not be having fun at all. If that's the case, say it, but, uh, but uh, it's good,
1: at? man. It's there. Very fun. I, I, I've been thinking about this and I, I remember at some point calling the Reds team fun. But I can't remember if it was if it was 2012 or if it happened like for a very brief moment sometime after that. But uh gosh, they are they are exciting, they play hard, they don't give up, like all the intangible stuff you always hear. I don't always believe that like good chemistry makes you win baseball games, but the way these guys play is entertaining and fun to watch. And I don't even care about anything else. It's an entertainment product and it's delivering on that right now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. How many times have you said on this show over the years, you know, if you go to a a pizza place and the the pizza place continues to provide a poor product, you're not going to go back. And so I think I probably said, as recently as 2021 that that was a fun team. Because that was a kind of a fun team, the Castellanos team, whatever. But but in retrospect and comparing them to this team, I think just the, the young energy and um there's just there's something about this team. I don't know if I don't know if they're good. They're they're close to being five hundred, but it's uh it's it's a situation where I'm like you. I, I never have known what to make of the intangible stuff and the chemistry because the I, Every – every over history, the teams with the best chemistry somehow end up being the best teams. Yeah, in right. retrospect, they said they have good chemistry. They all right? look
1: very happy in that dog pile at the end of the season, don't they?
0: Right, exactly. But, um, again, this team has major flaws. But you watch them play every night, and they do seem to be having fun, which I enjoy. And uh, I don't know. I like tuning in to the team now. I,
1: I think they're – I don't know if they're really good, but they can do some really good things. I mean, Matt McClain hit a home run last night. And it wasn't like – I still can't get over how a dude that little hits the ball that hard and that far. Because he hit that home run, and it it wasn't just over the fence. It was like to the back of the stands. Yeah. I mean, just wham, three-run home run. I mean, that guy I, – I keep like – Looking at his size and underestimating him, even though he's got the pedigrees, and number one pick, the dude's a really good baseball player.
0: Yeah, I've, I've underestimated Matt McClain from day one. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'll, I'll admit when I'm wrong. Not that I knew, thought that he was bad necessarily, but I never thought that he had this much ability. Yeah, and you know, I, for some reason uh, MLB was acting uh, funky this uh, this week, and I had to listen to the Royals broadcast one night. And they kept comparing Matt McClain to David Eckstein, 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 the former, I can't even remember, it's been so long since he played, but the former Cardinals um, overrated player. And I thought, wow, I mean, that guy was like, it's because of his size, I guess is what I'm saying. It's because of his size, but they're not even close to being similar players. McClain, he has a great approach at the plate. He's fast. He hits the ball hard. He's been the, the biggest. There's plenty to talk about with the the rookies right now, but he's been the biggest revelation to me just because I kind of expected some of these other guys to be good. He's be, way better than I expected. And, yeah, it's fun to watch. Um, what place are the Reds in right now?
1: I don't know. you know that
0: answer?
1: I don't think they're in first, and I don't think they're in last.
0: That's really all that matters. It that's really all that matters. No they are in third place in the National League's central division. Uh, this is right, first of all this is this is crazy talk. We're here getting close to the end of June well, we're middle of June. We're right at the middle of June. The Reds are one game under 500, which sounds bad for some teams, but this is a club that lost 100 games last year. and they're a game and a half out of first place. Third place, a game and a half out of first place. literally could be in second place tomorrow could be in first place the next day. Um, again, we keep – we're and we'll keep saying this. I don't know if they're good because, really, the, the, it's a garbage division, and that's a big part of the reason there. But they're still hovering around 500, and I, I just don't know what to make of them. I don't. They're not good. They have they're so not, many flaws, but yeah. they're, they are fun.
1: I mean, they, you see the difference, like, when they play good teams, I think. <clears throat> I mean, it's not that long ago that the Yankees just skunked them.
0: <laughs> right. It was, it was bad. Yes.
1: But uh, yeah, like I guess I don't I don't care when they, when they get down seven. Nothing. I'll turn it off. Come back tomorrow.
0: <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. So, and, and that's part of what happened you know, this week. Uh, they've won five games in a row. They've won eight of their last 10. They are, as I said, 34 and 35 as we record this on Thursday night. As always, they do, didn't play today. So another day that they did not lose. Um, And, yes, they were playing against two last-place teams this week. They won two out of three in St. Louis, and they swept Kansas City. Now, I still can't believe that St. Louis has just dropped off a cliff like they have in a – it's just delightful. It's just delightful. But, um, yeah, they're playing two bad teams. But, you know what? The Reds lost 100 games last year. The Reds were the team that was getting spanked uh, in those games last year. So, I don't care. A couple things about the games that were – Andrew Abbott uh, in the uh, St. Louis series. He made his second start of the season. That was Saturday. And another uh, sort of sort of impressive game for the Reds rookie uh, left-hander. He still, he, he two starts, he has not l- yet allowed a run. He has thrown 11 and two-thirds innings. And uh, his ERA, 0.00. He pitched five and two-thirds against the Cardinals. And uh, no runs on five hits still walking too many hitters and that's going to be an issue, uh, before long, but still for a two first two starts in the big leagues. Uh, yeah, he's like the, he's like the 10th most exciting rookie on the team right now, but still that's pretty good, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, he, he's, uh, he's something, man. I'm, I, you know, we got to see him go through the league a few times and, and all that business. But, uh, he might, he might well be a good one. I mean, we, we used to get all spun up about the Tony Cingranis of the world. And I think we've got a whole nother like level of pitching prospect now.
0: Yeah. I just, th- I think he might be a John Lamb. This is a deep cut for those of you that have been around a while. A uh, John Lamb with talent. I mean, look at, look at Andrew Rev. He looks like he drives a Trans Am. I'm almost certain he drives a Trans Am. So, um, the Kansas City Series, the thing I guess that really I want to talk about here is the Ricky Karcher game. Now, I don't know if you were able to watch the Ricky Karcher game because it ended late and you know a lot of people weren't able to tune in. Did uh, You You certainly saw the post-game interview and uh, what <laughs> happened, right?
1: I have enjoyed the post-game interview, and I've, I've watched the replay of the last inning. But, yeah, go ahead.
0: So, Ricky Karcher. First of all, the Reds called up a player named Ricky Karcher. And you need to remember that name because he's now a, a Reds legend. He, uh, he, the Reds drafted him in the 13th round, 2017. He's 25 years old. He was promoted to the big leagues, even though he had a 9.27 ERA in AAA. 9.27 ERA in AAA. Now, I didn't see this because I wasn't on uh, the Twitters at the time, but evidently when that happened, another uh, Reds uh, AAA guy now on the big league roster, Daniel Duarte. Evidently went nuts on Twitter complaining. I I, I still don't, I'm not sure that, about, the, about, the, about the full story there, but complaining that they called up Ricky Karcher instead of him. Um, so maybe not not a
1: great look really, is it? <laughs> it's, not, it's not, it's not, not what you want from your, uh, your teammate. But <laughs> no, D'Arte got no. his chance. He got his chance. His wishes were granted. how did it yeah, work he, out?
0: Yeah, he vomited all over the mound, basically. <laughs> um, Back to Carter just for a minute. It, it, I can't describe this. You really just need to go watch it if you didn't see it already, and, I, and you, most of you probably have if you're listening to this show. But he could not throw a strike, and it was not just that he couldn't throw a strike. Kirk Cassali was literally leaping into the air to try to catch some of these. I don't know how four different pitches didn't go to the backstop. I mean, it was the most. His his slider was pretty good, and that's the only thing that he could throw a strike with. His fastball got up to 98 miles an hour. Ninety-eight point four or something, but he could not throw it in the strike zone. It was crazy.
1: He was spraying it all over the place, was, and yet, it unbelievable.
0: It was unbelievable, but uh, he uh, he somehow picks up the save <laughs> in his major league debut. You
1: you mentioned the post game interview, and I, I I mean I think anybody that watched that was kind of in a state of like dazed. Amusement, and his, his teammates were I don't I don't know how you describe what their emotions, but they were very entertained by the whole affair, and almost all of them stayed in the dugout to watch him get interviewed by Jim Day on the field. Yeah, and I that's, just, go ahead. No, I did, I've never seen anything like that.
0: Yeah, it, and that's why I wanted to kind of unpack this just a little bit. It's because it kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier about chemistry, and that they seem like they're having fun. I mean, he he looked like he was in a daze. I was laughing uproariously from my uh, from my sofa when I was watching his interview. He's just like I, I don't know, and this is like a movie, and uh, and but yeah, all the players were in the dugout and they're like laughing at him and cheering him on. It was it was just it was so, amazing.
1: So one of two things is, is really what I think what happened. One is like it was an incredible inning. He had no business getting out of it with the lead intact. And he was in a state of shock and happiness and his teammates were kind of in the same place. But the interview he gave was, it would be like if you interviewed a guy who'd gotten kicked in the head by a donkey. (laughs) Like he just, his vocabulary had been pared down to about six words (laughs) and he wasn't able to finish a sentence. And he just kept sighing and looking at Jim Day, hoping Jim Day would put some words in his mouth. I think. (laughs) So, I suppose it's possible that maybe that's how he is anyway. And those guys really were entertained by the idea of him being interviewed. I'm not positive which way it is. But either (laughs) way, it was great.
0: I think there's some element of that because in in at Double A Chattanooga last year, his his you know I guess it's not walk up music. What is it for a pitcher when you come in? Uh, Entrance music or something, but whatever. It was, uh, you know, wild thing. And so this is, yeah.
1: It's wasn't first first night,
0: right? Yeah. So no, I just it was literally my favorite moment of the season so far. Just it was just incredible. And then the uh, the next day, next day, yeah, they sent him down to AAA and bring up (laughs) Daniel Duarte who vomited all over his jersey. So, Daniel Duarte. So, anyway, I enjoyed it, and, and I, I hope he makes it back to the big leagues, Karcher. I, I'm not rooting against anyone, but I do kind of like the story about this being his only big league appearance, and, you know, he gets a save in his only big league appearance. No, I hope he hope he makes it back. He, he does have a good fastball and a, and, a, and a good slider, just he can't throw the fastball in the strike zone, evidently. Oh, goodness.
1: Um, I want to get a printout. You know, they have that that image that shows where all the pitches were, like in relation to the batter's box and the plate and the strike zone. Oh yeah. I kind of I kind of want to print that out and hang it up on my wall.
0: <laughs>
1: That's just a big gap right where the strike zone is.
0: <laughs> oh my! It's it really. If you haven't seen it yet, I wish I'd have bro- uh, uploaded it here so we could uh, display it on the show. But, but I I don't do that much uh, prep work but um it, it's hilarious it's it's crazy this is
1: there's like three three dots on like the batter's head <laughs> yeah
0: yeah i've never seen so many dots on that graph uh you know so high or just oh man Ricky Karcher i'm I, I, he's probably my favorite player now i just <laughs> we'll never we'll never forget Ricky Karcher um I guess uh, since we're talking about what happened this week and what's going on with the rookies, uh, we, we have to spend some time talking about Ella De La Cruz because Ella De La Cruz is – he's L.A. De La Cruz. But, you know, he's uh, – he had one moment there uh, after – in the middle of his first week where he's like, uh-oh, six straight strikeouts, and then he came back and he was doing great. And he's now in another little bit of a – we're sort of hyper-analyzing like LA De La Cruz. But – uh, nine games, two thirty-five average, three fifty on base, four twelve slugging. Um, you know, he has a double, he has a triple, he has a homer. He has five stolen bases already. Um, I, I don't know if there's much else to say because we've we wax poetic about Ella La Cruz uh, on this show every week. But I don't know if you had any uh, particular thoughts about the about this guy because we I've not talked to you about it.
1: Yeah, I I. I uh he's got to go through adjustments and growing pains and the league's going to figure him out and he's going to have to come up with plan B and, and make them eventually throw pitches that he wants them to throw uh, or, or learn to hit the pitches they want to throw. But I, I'm, I'm feel really good about so far about how fast he's seems to be learning and adjusting and, and figuring out what they're trying to do to him. He seems to have, I mean, he's not Joey Votto, and he's never going to be Joey Votto. But he does he does have an idea in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jose Barrero has been on this team for three years now. And Aristides Aquino was on this team for four years. And I feel like De La Cruz ha- already has a more advanced feel for the strike zone and idea of what pitchers are trying to do to him than those guys ever did. Or Willie Mopena. I mean, there's a lot of guys who just yeah. – had physical tools and never seemed to have the, the way to work and think through an at bat that I think Dylan Cruz is going to be
0: fine. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. He's the last person I'm worried about for that, for that reason. Uh, you watch this kid, and he does have a clue at the plate. And yes, sometimes he swings wildly at some pitches. But but you can also see him kind of you can kind of see the the wheels turning in his head that oh, wait a minute I'm not going to strike I'm not going to swing at that pitch anymore <laughs> I'm going to yeah. I'm going to make them pitch to me and yeah it's going to be a push and pull but man it's it, that that part of it actually if you that sort of granular watching him improve day to day is. I used to always say, watch Joey Votto every day because you just cherish what you get because you're not going to see it again. And you're right. He's not Joey Votto, but it's that sort of same. This is such a special talent that he's every single at bat is kind of must watch TV. I think. Yeah.
1: Put it. You, you know who I just who he, <clears throat> who just popped in my mind? Sorry. Um, is Vladimir Guerrero Sr.
0: Oh, there you go. Interesting. You know,
1: it's a guy who he's he's going to swing at bad balls, but he's going to hit bad balls.
0: He's so talented. Yeah, you know,
1: I mean, the the ball that De La Cruz hit for a home run was a ball, like really way out of the strike zone. But he can do things like that, so, you know, he he should go ahead and do it.
0: It's not a perfect comp, uh, but it's a really interesting way to kind of contextualize the L.A. De La Cruz uh, thing. Because Vladimir Guerrero, every, every analytics guy was like, you're swinging too many pitches outside the zone. You're never going to be – you know. but he was so great that he could do that. Now, no one else can do that. Joey Votto couldn't swing at those pitches and be a great player. Yep. You know, it, as great as Joey Votto is. Um, so it's an interesting comp. Um, if if, if L. De La Cruz can get closer to Joey Votto's command of the strike zone, he, he's going to be – well, he's going to be – well, I'm not going to say Hall of Famer for a kid that's played here nine games. But have, let me ask you this. Um, because we are uh, basically the same age here. Have you ever seen a more exciting Reds prospect?
1: I, I probably Davis is the only one that's even close. Uh, Dave and Davis, if you remember, we were kids, but he got jerked around a lot.
0: Wait, is this who is this? Kenny Davis? I don't it's know. Who you're Kenny about.
1: Davis, yes, Kip yeah. Davis. Um, <laughs> Eric Davis Alex. got called up. He got sent down. He got called up. He got sent down. Then he finally got called back up to stay. And for a long time, you never got much more than a little bit of hints of what his ability could be. Yeah. And you know, Pete Rose was trying to win games and trying to break records, and wasn't the greatest manager. They don't think they handled Davis real well this first couple of years, but that's the only person who's in the same conversation as far as I'm
0: concerned. You know Yeah, you, you'll you hear people call uh, Ellie a, a unicorn because there's no one else like him right now. And that's basically what Eric Davis was back in the day. No one could do yeah. the things he could do. Yeah. He could do everything. And, uh, you know, the injuries or whatever, people kind of uh, – he never became the guy that you expected him to be. Although he had a great, great, great career. But, uh, you know, I think about that 1987 season. <laughs> Just Will, Willie Mays was saying, I'm honored to be compared – <laughs> to be mentioned, the same uh, breath as Eric Davis. So that's the only guy I can think of. And the Reds of Hats, I mean, like Jay Bruce, you know, was a number one prospect in baseball, but
1: he was a baseball player. You know what I mean? Like you'd seen players like Jay Bruce.
0: Right. Yeah. Really he was good a good one. Players.
1: Yeah. You're like, oh, Jay Bruce is kind of like Larry Walker without the speed, maybe. You know what I mean? Dale <laughs> Cruz, there's yeah. no comp. No. You're, you know, you're, you're, the physical specimen, Billy Hamilton, Josh Hamilton. Um, you saw some pretty cool stuff. We've seen some cool stuff for for fans of a team that haven't hasn't won much. We have seen some cool players, but
0: <laughs> that's, that's true.
1: You know, la Cruz is almost as fast as Billy Hamilton, and he has as much power as Adam Dunn, and he's got an arm like I don't know Jose Guillen, right? Like. Name this tool, and he's as good as anybody and he switch hits. I know. <laughs> yeah, you guys have heard all this stuff before. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. It's just you want to stop and watch it.
0: No, I, you know, it, it, I, I marvel over what he is and what he can be. And what, is he going to get where we think he can get? I, nobody knows, but that's going to be fun to watch in the coming years. But I've just never seen anyone with this combination of tools wearing a Cincinnati Reds uniform. Um, with the possible exception – but Paul Yanish, Paul Yanish was close. No, I just wanted to say Paul Yanish, soft J. All right. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to mention something that, uh, I probably shouldn't because I've gotten a lot of, uh, I've had a lot of people yelling at me about Will Benson all year. Cause I said some nice things about Will Benson before the season, but I'm just going to, I don't know if you, you, you may not have any opinion about Will Benson and if you don't, that's fine. Um, <laughs> Just just we'll move on to the next topic. But I just have to say, Will Benson is everything I said he was before the season. And I'm still loving the walk-off home run he had and the reaction he had. I I don't know. I put this on our list to talk about because I wanted to talk about Will Benson. Now I don't really have words because I (laughs) I know that he's – I mean, his his numbers aren't great, but he's been looking pretty good lately.
1: I don't know what what he's going to be as a player. I, I just like him as a person. I saw an in interview with him during spring training that he just he just was a, a likable kid um, seemed to get it you know if, if you, as much as, as vague as that phrase is um, and yeah I was so pumped up for that that walk off and I love how happy he was how happy his teammates were I mean that's what I that's what I enjoy is watching these guys interact with each other and just kind of be a part of a team.
0: Yeah, yeah, and again, it's it comes back to this thing. Maybe this is the chemistry episode of the uh, of the show. I don't know, but seeing how happy the guys are for him, I don't know why that should matter to me as a fan. Why I should care that they all seem like they're having fun, but it's more fun for me when they're having fun. And I don't know, you know, he's he's not going to be a star, Will Benson, but I, I guess my hope is that he can become a, a Cesar Geronimo and not a, not apples to apples comparison, but just. A, you know, a good enough guy with some really good guys around him. I don't know if that makes any sense, but and that's a terrible comp, really. But I would like to see him become part of the 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 core here, even if he's not the top level. Um, Matt McClain. If someone had told you. Three months ago, that we'd be at the middle of July, and Matt McClain would be leading the Reds uh, in All-Star votes. He'd be the leading vote getter for the Cincinnati Reds. Is that true? It's absolutely true. How was, is that possible?
1: I don't know how that's possible.
0: <laughs> I mean, how? Uh, I think he's. Uh, I was even on the ballot. Well, that's the first question. Um, he wasn't called up until May. He's number four on the list for shortstops. So far, despite you know coming up again in May, uh, it's crazy. Um, you want to, you know, who has the, the next highest vote total, please? Um, I'm not gonna make you guess because you won't get this. Number nine on the third baseman list, Nixon Zell. <laughs> Nixon Zell, and I still
1: I think- don't understand how Gillette had time to print all those L star ballots, <laughs> the punch holes. Right, with Matt McClain's name,
0: Is yeah, really.
1: he still on the Reds.
0: He's on a rehab assignment right now. What the happened? AAA. Well, he, he got he was injured. Nixonzell got injured. Nixon. Hold on, come on. I know you don't believe me now, but trust me, this is a fact. He got he hurt? Yeah,
1: playing baseball.
0: <laughs> well, I wonder what the record is for the highest number of rehab assignments in a, one career. I'd like to know that number. I'll uh, call the Guinness book. Uh, to see what I can
1: yeah, yeah, that's right. He's, I don't know. I, I'd say uh, Nick Massett might be on there.
0: <laughs> oh, Nick Massett.
1: Frank Williams.
0: Oh, man. Sean Marshall. <laughs> I don't think he ever made it that far. <laughs> he didn't even get to a rehab. Like did he ever that, play so. again? He never did, did he? I don't think so. He was talented.
1: <laughs> yeah, I like that deal, too.
0: I, I would uh, – I hope no one ever does this, but you go back to like the early days of this uh, show, you know, this is episode 484. Go back to like 120 and hear what positive things we were saying about guys like Nick Massett and Sean Marshall. <laughs> and I don't know about Nick Massett, I never really cared for that guy, uh, because uh, he came over that awful trade, right? Um, no, but,
1: no, uh, no. he was a guy that was around. You're thinking of Gary Majeski?
0: Oh, I am thinking of Gary Majeski. yeah. Wow. I do. <laughs> I was First Gary Majeski in reference uh, a in a long while. time. Um, yeah, Gary Majeski and Bill Bray. Bill, Bill Bray, Bray has something Bray, in common Bray. with you, actually. That's right.
1: He we went, went back and he got his water, degree.
0: He did. He did. Um, good school that uh, my son decided to reject. I don't know what that's all about.
1: He's becoming a polytechnic man.
0: Oh, mercy. It's true. It's true. I guess we should announce it publicly. Yes, my son is going to Virginia Tech. That's okay. I'm happy Gobble, gobble. He's excited. I'm excited. I'm going to wear a Virginia Tech cap on this show. He's you know, going to enjoy one it. Yeah. No, he's going to he's gonna have a great time. It's perfect for him. So, anyway, whatever. Um, roster moves from the week. Let me just run through these really quickly. Uh, there's not a whole lot to say about any of them. Uh, Red sent Will Myers to AAA uh, on a rehab assignment along with Nixon Zell. Uh, you know, we have a question later, so we don't need to get into it. But uh, what even is the point of Will Myers right now, I think is the question. Um Graham Ashcraft was when Ricky Karcher was brought up. Graham Ashcraft was put on the uh, injured list with an inflamed ERA. Um What's I, his deal?
1: What's his deal, that, Chad?
0: That's the question. What's his deal? I don't know. I hope he's this is a terrible thing to say, but I hope he's really hurt. that's a that's a a horrible combination of words to use
1: yeah yeah actually
0: hurts. right i hope that's actually the reason why he's not been so good i mean you know he um and not just that the league has adjusted to him and he's not been able to adjust back so i don't know i'm still pretty high on him i'm i'm starting to kind of drift back into my original thoughts that he's going to be a really good relief pitcher um and i don't i don't know that i believe that yet but uh I don't he, know. Do you he, have any thoughts
1: I don't know I just I, he's he never got in trouble with the, the sticky the sticky business did he
0: no 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 okay. I don't that's not the issue I don't think okay so anyway i I, I wish I had more to say about Grand Mastercraft, but I just don't know um, Riz did place Jake Fraley on the injury list this week and brought back uh, from uh, the injury list uh, TJ Friedel and I guess I just a couple of words about TJ Friedel right now uh, I wrote about him early in the year. And I, and I proposed that as a topic at, uh, at Cincinnati Magazine because I was like, well, it's T.J. Friedel. You know, this is probably the only time I'll get a chance to write about him. He's doing well now. He's, But I got to say, I mean, he's 27, so it's kind of the Chris uh, Sabo corollary. He's late when he arrives, basically. But I like T.J. Friedel. I like everything he brings to this team. Uh, he's, his numbers, if you go look at, at them, you know, um, 46 games, he's hitting 321, 370 on base, 491 slugging. Um You know, the uh, second highest OPS plus on the team after Matt McClain. Uh,
1: I like him. um, I I like him. I don't, but I don't know. I just like TJ Friedel's a guy that if they could somehow Chris Drury him and, uh,
0: Brandon Drury, but yes. Brandon Drury. What? Chris Drury's a hockey player, isn't he? Same same difference.
1: It's same difference. Yeah, you know what I mean. Brandon Drury. Um, if you could flip him into something, anything at the trade deadline, I think you'd do it because he's oh, yeah. a good player. He should be on a good team, um, be a fourth outfielder on a good team in the playoffs. That would be a really good fit for him. But he's not – should not be the star – if. If he's your starting left fielder for the Reds, they're not going to be one in the World Series.
0: Yeah, I'm, th- I'm thinking two years from now, if he's a starting year in the outfield, things, that something's gone wrong, maybe. And th- that sounds like a criticism of T.J. Friedel, which is not. It,
1: no, I think T.J. Friedel is playing the best he can possibly play, and it's pretty good. I just think yeah. they, need a different, they need a little bit of a different t- skill set for this team eventually?
0: Yeah, no, I, I hadn't thought really uh, very much about trading him. And I'm not suggesting the Reds necessarily go out and try to trade him. But, uh, you know, uh, this year or next year at the trade deadline, he, he's at his peak. And this is his yeah. peak. He's 27. So um, if you can get something, he's perfectly cromulent, is what I'm saying. But if you can, and, and even yeah. better than that right now, he's a, he's a legit big league player.
1: But yeah, and he's fun. I mean, he's fun to watch. Oh, he is. You know, yeah. I mean, the team's less entertaining if he goes away. So, I'm, I like him. But um, I, I just think eventually this team is going to need more guys that can hit the baseball over the fence. And and he's not going to be that guy.
0: So what I'm hearing, and and let me know if I'm not uh, translating what you're saying correctly, but what I'm hearing is you think he needs to be traded immediately so the Reds can have more at-bats available for Nick Senzel. Or cut him just get rid of him just designated for a sign they already have another tj <laughs> that's uh, that's true that's true We've um redundancies that's right we don't have any tj's does the team need so
1: i think they're called t's j
0: <laughs> okay that's i think that's grammatically correct yes
1: like attorneys general
0: The Reds have two t's j um this uh the other tj tj hopkins who's not a great necessarily uh he, 24 at bats. He's played appearances. He's barely been here, but uh, he's a guy that was not really on my radar. Just kind of peripher on the periphery before the season. Really looked good in AAA, and and he's 26. So what he might be is just like the other TJ, a guy that can be a decent major leaguer for a few years, and you know that can help a good team. But the Rays aren't yet there, so he's fast. Yeah, I think he's
1: he's a similar player. I don't think he runs as well, but other than that. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, um, yeah, let me ask you this question Who are the two fastest players on the current team according to the, the stat cast metrics? Who are the two fastest Cincinnati Reds? Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Ellie De La Cruz, number one, that's correct. Who's number two? are Friedel Hopkins are, and Hopkins are in, in the mix, Senzel's in the mix, but no, Benson, no, Stu Fairchild. Oh, just forgot about Stu. Everybody forgets about Stu Fairchild, and I'm sick of it. <laughs> Everybody forgets about the stupid Stu. Wake Forest Demon Deacon. <laughs> they're, they're saying Stu Earns. i do not sure how that works, Oh, but.
1: goodness, Stu.
0: Yeah, uh, Stu Fairchild. Oh, we got a question about Stu Fairchild in a minute, so we'll get to that. Let's, uh, let's dive into some viewer mail. Let's do it. All right, first, these questions, as always, come from our friends at patreon.com slash That's patreon.com slash where you too can uh, can support the uh, this ridiculous show. First question comes from Joe Farsing, host of the Riverfront Bengals show. And he has a college baseball question. When do the Cavaliers face UMBC? That's really inappropriate. It's not called for. And, I, and I'm moving on to the next question. Because later on, Chris is going to have an opportunity to smack around Too the soon. University of Virginia Cavaliers as well. Too so. soon, Joe. <laughs> Kyle Kappler. Have we officially been crawled yet? I like the hashtag or the hash brown get crawled on, on the Twitters. Also, why is it taking so long for the Reds to trade Will Myers straight up for Johnny Cueto? What are they waiting for? Oh my, I would I'd be all for that, first of all.
1: I thought <laughs> trading for Johnny Cueto's horse.
0: <laughs> oh or, no. Or, or no, so. uh Soon. Zach
1: kozart's donkey if it still exists. <laughs> it
0: probably it probably does. I don't know. Donkey's a um, long time. Oh, there you go. Well, uh, uh Johnny Quito's horse did he perished. He oh, that's right.
1: Won. That's right. My yeah. bad. Sorry, too soon again.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't want him. I don't want him now. I would love to have Johnny Quito back, even if he's awful. I just want him. Um the other question is get crawled. And here's what I wanted to ask you. Because there's a certain segment of the Reds fan base that is like uh, in love with Nick crawl and uh, we've been pretty clear here. Certain things he's done in the la- over the last 12 months, pretty good. He made some good trades that uh, replenished the farm system. Wonderful. Uh, but when I think of hash brown get crawled, I think of well, he <laughs> just forgot to get a starting rotation <laughs> for this season, and the bullpen's been pretty good. But I don't know how sustainable it is because some of these guys are, I don't know, uh, get crawled. Uh, do you crawl. have any quick thoughts about Nick Crawl?
1: Uh, I was able to do some research, and a donkey's lifespan is uh, <laughs> 27 to 40 years, which seems really precise. Like, I, the 27 <laughs> is very specific.
0: Yeah, that is More
1: odd. In. So anyway, Cozart's uh, donkey should be uh, just getting into his prime. I mean, I don't know how old he is when he got it, but
0: yeah, we're well, that. Nick Kroll. <laughs> That's what that's your. Those are your thoughts about Nick Crawl. All right, makes sense. Nick Crawl is probably not as bad a general manager as we all expected, but I don't. I'm still not seeing a lot to make me think he's perfect, uh, as some people want to suggest. Matt McLean. That wasn't on his watch. Um, Elliot Cruz, that wasn't on his watch. Uh, you know, um, Hunter Green,
1: I have muted, blocked, and tuned out all those people that you're talking about, I think. So I don't hear the Nick Krell fan club at all.
0: I yeah, I think it's on Chatterbox or whatever that is, or whatever that thing's called. And we're not gonna get too, too deep into that, but <laughs> interesting week for that platform. Um, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever um crawl i like when you do good things i guess but uh, I was, just,
1: is he still talking <laughs>
0: uh, you know you don't hear crawl talking as much
1: i think he took our advice
0: yes yes that was uh, one of my favorite episodes of the show <laughs> Nick crawl bad at talking was the uh, the title of that one not good at talking he did have an interview here in the last week or so where he said uh, essentially I, I wouldn't rule out Adding players to the trade deadline. That was basically it. Nope. And so the
1: you know. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just right now really wondering if I could get Chat GPT to talk <laughs> like Nick Kroll.
0: <laughs> we need to figure that out. Oh my goodness. I, that might be beyond uh artificial intelligence capabilities <laughs> right now because it's so <laughs> it's so crawlish.
1: You are Nick Crawl. <laughs> hey,
0: Explain- did you see about did you see about our guy? <laughs> what? Oh, oh, I want to hear your prompt for for Chat GPT. GPT. Explain uh, why
1: Kroll. you have three catchers on the roster right now, and one of them is Luke Maley.
0: Using uh, using Nick Crawl. Oh my goodness! Um, the 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 Reds' former general manager Dick Williams. You see what happened to him this week? Big news!
1: Uh, is he like running Target or something now?
0: Uh, Skyline interim Skyline, Something good. Skyline.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool.
0: I if we how did
1: uh, how did that come about? Do we know?
0: I have no idea.
1: Does he know the owners of Skyline? Is he the owner of Skyline?
0: <laughs> what his uncle has uh, owned Skyline forever? And yeah, like, I know. Like, I mean, no, I'm I don't
1: not, know. I'm not to. I'm not trying to even be funny, really. Just like it seems like a random, random leap from whatever it, he was doing.
0: It does, and you know, we like a lot of things that uh, Dick Williams did in Cincinnati. We're not, we're not making fun of him at all. It, in any way but it just it was came out of nowhere it was weird so i like skyline i that's do i like say that i like
1: skyline i like dick williams so there you go great things that go great together
0: let me ask you this what do you like more a a, a, a cheese coney or dick williams <laughs> i'm gonna enjoy
1: i'm gonna enjoy the cheese coney with mustard no onions
0: mm, that, oh that's the only way to ha- get it i don't trust people to get uh, a cheese coney with onions i'm just sorry i got i gotta say that all right, uh, so next question. I don't even know where we are. Seth Shaner. Seth Shaner, the Reds are on a good run here. Joey Votto is presumably close to returning. I've seen the retweets. People think he will ruin the chemistry or whatever. It would likely be coincidence if he were to return and they go in the tank, but my goodness, how hard are we rooting for that not to happen? So, tonight, uh, the night we're recording, Votto had another homer, a double and triple A. Looks like he's getting closer to coming back, and I have people dropping into my mentions on that garbage website all the time saying, he's going to ruin this. Literally, someone said that. He's going to ruin what the Reds have going right now. Come on. Thoughts about Joey Votto?
1: Joey Votto ruins a lot of things, like paper airplanes and fans' shirts (laughs) and things like that, but... I don't think he's going to ruin the Reds. I I do think it's a. I mean, I am interested to see what it's like, because it is going to be a little bit like. I don't I don't know what the analogy is like. It feels like like there's been a substitute teacher, all year in the dugout, or you know what I mean in the classroom, right. and now like the real authority figures coming back. And and they've kids have all kind of worked out their their yeah. culture and their their pecking order and their vibes and everything, and now the you know, the the big boss is coming back and they're going to have to shape up. I, I mean, it's not, I'm not, I don't mean it like Vado's some sort of authoritarian leader or even that he's going to say anything. It's just, right, he's a Hall of Famer and they're going to, you know, if he wants to sit in a certain chair in the dugout, guys are going to move to let him sit there.
0: Right. So it'll be, you know,
1: it'll be different.
0: It'll be different. I think of it the way I kind of put it, contextualize it in my mind is I think back to 2009, 2010. And Scott Rowland got so much praise for being that sort of veteran guy with the kids, you know. But we're not going to get that with Joey Votto because people don't like Joey Votto for some reason. But I like the idea of Joey Votto, as thoughtful as he is about the, his approach to the game. I love the idea, actually, of him being able to influence these kids right now. I think it's perfect. I can't wait till he's back.
1: I, I honestly think the bigger impact might be the other way. I think he is going to be energized by being around these guys and be just, like, excited about baseball in a different way. I think he's always excited about baseball, but I think it'll be, like, a different vibe for him that I think he's going to just – I think he's going to be, like, excited about it.
0: That that brings to mind my fondest desire for this year's team. I want to see Joey Votto wearing a Viking helmet.
1: <laughs> sure, you're going to that's I what do, I want to see. I, I just love this idea of whatever Joey Votto's doing down there in AAA because, you know, he's always got something up his sleeve and it's like – and maybe another one of those, like, I'm going to hit home runs every yeah. fourth at-bat this summer.
0: Yeah, he'll come back and hit 400 or something. He'll, he'll figure yeah. out something he wants to do. Or he'll, yeah. he'll leave the league – decides I want to leave the league in triples and he'll he's figure only out to pull. He's
1: only going to hit the ball the opposite field or something, you know? <laughs> right. What a guy,
0: what a guy. Hey, uh, just before we move on to the next question, I think you found out some information about our friend Dick Williams.
1: I did on the the LinkedIn. Dick Williams apparently has been on the board of uh, Skyline Chili since January of 2021. And listed as, he's a partner. Whatever a partner is, uh, he's been it and he's been on the board. So he's been hooked up with them. And uh, he was certainly in a, you know, in the leadership group of that organization. So was not a leap out of nowhere. If he, if he had accepted my LinkedIn friend request years ago, I probably would have known that sooner.
0: <laughs> Please do not ask me to be, uh, to, I, I don't know if they're friends or whatever they are. I don't find me on LinkedIn. You don't need to see that. But, uh, my question is this, did you know, did you see what his first move was as, uh, as interim CEO of, uh, of Skyline? No. Signed Mike Moustakas to a long-term contract.
1: <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> I, I, I. think you know, he could pay that guy in chili?
0: <laughs> he should have done that when he uh, signed him for the Reds. Uh, <laughs> Save some of Castellini's dough. All right, Rex Scott. Rex Scott has this, uh, this question. So, since this is a podcast with no Nate, uh, yeah, I noticed that. What can Chad and Chris do without him that will aggravate him about missing out? Whatever you guys decide would be appropriate, Big Brother justice for Chad to meet out. Also, a big brother, so I was on Chad's side when he was galled at missing out on the baseball movie draft. Yeah, they did a baseball movie draft when I wasn't available. Now, here's the part Rex, you started out good. I I liked your question. Then we get to this. Also, as a fellow Bobcat, I hope that Chris will remind Chad about how we owned the Cavs in March Madness. So I'm not going to say anything bad about Nate or make him because it's his birthday and I don't want to do that to him, but go ahead if you want to mock my uh, alma mater.
1: I don't think you need to be reminded. I'm sure it's. It's uh, fresh in your mind still.
0: I like how one of your best players then uh, transferred to Virginia. That was pretty cool.
1: Well, he'd only been there for like seven years before he went over your way.
0: <laughs> I know, I know. He came to Virginia, v- Ben Vanderplas, is who we're talking about. Yeah, seventeen years in college basketball. It was really right. wild. I don't know how he did that.
1: Yeah, those guys. Uh, they got they got the COVID uh, six year
0: exemption. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. All right, Rex. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm not going to aggravate Nate uh, because it is his birthday. Joey Gadica, if someone had told you to start the year that Stuart Fairchild would be more productive than uh, Jose Barrero and Will Myers combined, what would you have said? He has value, and I'll never diss him again, even if he went to Wake Forest. Right, Chad? Yes. Screw Wake. Wake Forest, we call him. Uh, This run has been most fun with everyone getting involved. You you get that? Yeah, it took me a minute. Although... Weak Forest is in the, in the College World Series, for the first time since 1952 or something. They are in the College World Series, so Stuart Fairchild, um, pretty much stinks. I mean, well, I, I don't know. He, he has no, long yeah, home runs fair. in Kansas City, but he's you know he's 27. He's not that good. Um, he's fast. Uh, he's you know his mom t- says that he's handsome. Um, and so I'm sure he probably is, but I would never – he's not been good this year. always had a good little run here in the last week. But, yeah, I would never have guessed I, – I would have guessed that – I could have guessed that he would be better than Jose Barrero. But I would not have guessed that about Will. – Will Myers has been just just awful.
1: I would have said if that's – I would have said that sounds possible because I did not have high expectations for either Myers or Barrero. But I would have said if that's the case, this team is going
0: to suck. Right, and you would have been wrong.
1: I would have been wrong about that. I, my, I put money where my mouth is in uh, legalized sports wagering, <laughs> okay. and uh, I am gonna be losing that bet really bad. I took the under on the Reds. They got to go. Yeah, they've got to play like three fifty baseball the rest of the way. I think to <laughs> to put me out of it.
0: Well, we've seen the Reds. It's possible. But, yeah, uh, I
1: I, I didn't feel good about betting against them, but I, I wanted to I figured they're gonna stink. The least I can do is
0: have some money out of it. <laughs> you're not gonna get the benefit of enjoying actually watching the team. Right. So you might as well get well, something out of so it. So I got the other
1: way. I lose yeah. some money, but now I'm happy.
0: There, there you go. You're it's a win-win for you, is what you're doing. Win, Win-win-win. All right. Next question comes from Rob Chapman. Rob Chapman, which player transaction coming up is going to result in the Reds deciding to go down to two catchers? I don't believe they can make a legitimate case for keeping three all season. I'd keep Luke Maylie, says Rob. Um, there are uh, there are players the Reds need to get rid of. I, I don't think that, I don't think people coming up. You know, Nixon Zell, Joey Votto, Christian Encarnacion, Strand potentially, Triple A player of the week last week. Uh, Jake Fraley will be back. Yeah, there's going to be some guys that have to go. I, You know, I know that uh, some people, Kirk Casale has uh, not hit well at all this year, to say the least. But Kirk Casale, who we know can manage a pitching staff and who pitchers seem to like, versus Luke Maley, who's 32 years old. Let's not, let's not pretend like he's a kid who, yes, he's a bit. he's had a couple big hits. I don't see any reason to keep Luke Melee over Kirk Casale at this point. Because what do you want out of your backup catcher? You so want a guy I'm that's going to – yeah, right. And, you know, Casale did not allow a single wild pitch when the wild thing, Ricky Karcher, was on the mound. So, um, at some point, they have to get rid of this three-catcher thing, right? Again, get crawled. <laughs>
1: yeah, they do have to get rid of the third catcher. I mean, but you're right. There are other places they can cut – before then let me ask you this and this maybe um save this topic for another show if you want but how much more time do you give Jose barrero
0: I started a I started to ask a version of that question a moment ago and I don't I wish the Reds had given him more consistent at bats over the last uh three months just to see you know he's only gotten what hundred I looked it up a moment ago there uh 149 at 149 Played appearances, 133 at-bats. But he's 25, which is still, I mean, it's young. It seems young to me. But um he's never at any time. Like, you know, we talk about Nixon Zell, how many chances he's gotten. There have been times when you're like, oh, look, Nixon Zell's doing well here for, you know, two weeks, three weeks. When have we ever seen Barrero do anything at the big league level? That's where
1: I am. I mean, I go like – I want to be sympathetic to the conversation And the argument that Well he's never had a chance He's never had you know, sustained playing time But the, the dude Like Bats about 50 last year I don't think he ever had a stretch Where he batted above 275 For more than a week Like How much do you have to go down With the ship To let this guy Prove that he's what he looks like, he is.
0: It's kind of like that that saying, you know, uh, when a guy shows you who he is, believe him. You know, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. I don't want to give up because of his age and because of what he did uh, for a period of time in the, in the minor leagues, but and he's not the first guy I would get rid of right now if I'm if if there's a roster crunch. I mean, Kevin Newman, thank you for your service, but you know, send him packing. But after Kevin Newman and maybe Luke Maley, because we want to get down to two catchers, I can't think of anyone else on the active roster that I would uh, get rid of before. I mean, maybe, well, Will Myers is not on the active roster, but I don't know. I mean, I probably would send uh, Eli Dela Cruz down because he had a bad week. But other than that, no. Mm. I, no, I, we're we're at the inflection point with, uh, with Jose Barrero right now, which is... At some point you have to show it. At some point it's a it you know it's a results oriented game. And yes, they've you know jerked you around a little bit and you've never really gotten consistent, but still, when you've had an opportunity, you haven't produced and you have to produce. So I'm I'm just about the end of my rope with uh Jose Barrero. All right, one last question here. This comes from Rich Thompson. Rich Thompson. Who, by the way, works at uh, the College of William and Mary that we mentioned earlier? Gentlemen, imagine this: Nick Crawl and the Cassellinis decide to take their party yacht out for a cruise to celebrate the Reds' recent success. Party Reds are one game under five hundred. Let's, let's party! Party
1: yacht. Where do you take <laughs> a party yacht? Like on the Ohio River?
0: Just down the Ohio River for a little while. Yeah, obviously. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um. I didn't even want to think about what Phil's doing on a party yacht. Yike. Um, he's got one
1: of those, he's got one of those, uh, judge Smales hats on.
0: <laughs> Captain hat. Commodore that's, hat. That's right. He does. You know, he does. Yes. Oh uh, judge Smales, um, judge Smales. You know, I, uh, he was sort of my, if you haven't watched, uh, Caddyshack, what's wrong with you? But, um, you know, he said he, uh, he sent some, uh, some kids to the death chamber. didn't want to do it. Felt he owed it to them. And I always use that as sort of my guiding principle in my life uh, during the practice of law. All right, whatever. All right, so the Nick Carl and the Castellini say, okay, you're in charge while we're gone and don't break anything. During that time, you get an email from a general manager that says, hey, I'm looking to deal one of my number two or number three starting pitchers. Legit MLB starters, still controllable for another year. But I won't consider a deal unless uh, either Jonathan India, Spencer Steer, or Matt McLean is in your offer. Do you respond? And what do you say? Um, the Reds need pitching. I think is is the the, the first uh, thing I would say here. The Reds definitely need pitching. The pitching is so thin in this organization. It is, it's it's malpractice, really. What get crawled? What uh, what has happened here? Um this gets into a deeper question about India and steer and, uh, and McLean. I'm not trading McLean. I mean, I would trade McLean for the right package, but not for a number two, number three starter. Probably that you only have one year of control over. Um, and I don't know if I trade any of those guys in that situation. I do. Do I trade them for like a, a guy that's just on the cusp of the big leagues that you're going to have some control over. I'd trade any of them for the right guy. um, but and for that for that particular question, a number two or number three star, you only have another year of control over. Depends on who it is, maybe, but I yeah,
1: I don't I don't know. I don't have anybody in mind who fits that description, but maybe Steer goes, you know, I feel like I like I like Steer, he's a good player, but he's probably the most expendable of all those guys because I think anybody can play his positions. Any of the other guys,
0: yeah, they have and then they have other guys. Literally for every, every position he plays.
1: I think what I would do is I would go down to the accounting department and I'd start writing checks and I would take on guys who don't have a year of control. I'd go sign some, some free agents. I'd take on the payroll, get my payroll back to a normal team's level. And that's why, where I get my pitching.
0: Yes. And this is something that we we we've followed the Reds for a long time, so don't count on it happening. But the Reds have one player under contract for next year. I mean, they've got arbitration guys, and you know, but one player actually under an actual contract, and that's Hunter Green. That's the only player for next year. So if they wanted and to King spend Griffey some Jr. money, and and Ken Griffey Jr. and Bobby Bonilla somehow, the Reds are still playing paying Bobby Bonilla. I'm not sure what that's about, but. Um if the Reds wanted to take this team let's say they end up one game under 500 like they are now which is not possible actually so two games under 500 Um I don't even want to have this conversation just never mind forget I asked that because I know what happened the last time the Reds came close to the playoffs in 2021 they just completely punted on everything so I I'm not going to go out on a limb predicting what the Reds are going to do but but you're right there, there, there should be some room. Castellini has always been kind of cheap, but there, but for a long time, I mean, he was at least in sort of the middle range of payrolls. He wasn't at the bottom. If they just got back to the middle, there's a lot of money available to spend if if, if you want to get back to kind of the mid-range. And you could really put together – you could start filling in those holes around the De La Cruises, and it's really all pitching uh, mostly. Uh, maybe, maybe an outfielder, but so, um, I don't know. The Reds are not going to do it. I hope they do it, but I'm just not gonna. Don't count on the Castellinis to do anything until they act. So, Chris, uh, final thoughts here? Yeah, uh, call it quits tonight.
1: I'm uh, no. I just want to reiterate that I'm enjoying the Cincinnati Reds. Um, I'm still not sure when I'm going to get down to the ball yard to watch them in person, but uh, I am. I, and I'm struggling now to try to find a ways to watch them at home since I've canceled my cable. Oh yeah. But, uh, I'm, I'm enjoying that. They're good.
0: No, it's fun. It's Whether fun. to good, watch. It's, fun. it's interesting. And that's a lot really at this point, after all these years of garbage, just be a little bit interesting. And that's what they are now. Um, I'm actually, I've been boycotting. I haven't been to the stadium since 2019. I've been boycotting Castellini as we've talked about many times on the show, but, when Votto gets back, I want to be there uh, for a for a game when uh, or a series when Votto and De La Cruz are in the lineup together. So I'm gonna I'm gonna suck it up and in my boycott probably. So, but whatever. This has been the Riverfront. Thanks to everyone for listening and supporting the show. Um, tell your friends about us. That's the only way to grow a podcast a recommendation from a friend. Please do that. If you like us, if you don't like us, just shut up. Uh, Subscribe to the show, either on YouTube or in your favorite podcast app. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all those places at Riverfront Cincy at Riverfront Cincy. And uh, thanks to all our patrons over there. Chris, good talk to you, man. Thanks for coming back on the show. My pleasure. Shout out to Adam Dunn. Shouts to Lisa Alberto and Wayne Krenchicki. And Eli Cash for, uh, not Nate Dodson. I almost said Nate Dodson for Chris Garber and, um, I don't know, Paul Yanish. I guess. This is Chad Dodson saying so long, everyone.